Season 2, episode 2, just like that in a flash. It was just yesterday when we started this podcasting and now it's become a habit. I'm loving it and thank you so much for all the love that comes through from so many different people from across all places in the world. It's actually amazing. I have about 8 to 9 countries that listen to me for every podcast that I make. So my gratitude goes to you. Let's speak about today's topic rather. I want to speak about prostitution in Namibia, maybe just in its entirety rather, and how millennials or how our generation then looks at it and how we practice it or rather not, and the measures that can be taken to make sure that it rather happens on a safer level. What I particularly want to look at is the whole idea of slaying. Now, before I get out of concept, there are those slay queens that work for themselves. Those ladies who work hard, who buy their own makeup, who do their own nails, who particularly just enjoy looking good. And they can afford to make sure that they look good themselves. To all those women, we say high five to you. We say congratulations. Keep up the good work. You're setting a good example of what a real lady is supposed to do with her life. You're supposed to work hard, get your own degree, get your own house, get your own apartment, get your own car, make sure that you have a job. That is what feminism is about, making sure that women are empowering themselves so that they can become less dependent on men. The moment you do that, you create independence and you create a confidence within yourself that cannot allow men to take advantage of you. So to every girl child out there, it's particularly important that you take your education seriously. It's important that you take your job seriously. It's important that you save up and buy your property so that you are secured and have nobody to depend on. For every girl child, that is a must or it's a need. It's something that you ought to have in order to survive this world out here. But then we have these ladies, right? What now, this is the negative concept or the negative side or the flip side of the coin when it comes to slay queening. Now, these other ladies are slaying, but they're doing it based on surviving off sleeping with older men, sleeping with sugar ladies, sleeping with guys who can't be the same age, but to gain money out of it. Now, before I judge, I always make it clear that I am never here to judge and say, don't do that, it's wrong, don't do that, it's wrong, because I believe in policies and qualities of self-autonomies, the right of choice, and the right for people to do with their body as they so wish. The only thing I want to educate my sisters out there that is not particularly advisable to do is that when you do this, you create then a dependency rate where you constantly need to sleep with people for money. And when there aren't any people to sleep with for money you become depressed or you make it a habit to a point where you don't ever gain your independence you become this person that needs to sleep with other people for money that's not empowering and that's not the kind of society i wish to see the problem with slay queening in namibia is that we we gave it sexy names so that we can somewhat be within the boundaries of civilization. I don't particularly think that's an honest society. And if anybody knows me personally, I don't leave behind closed doors and things like that. The mo- what I'm trying to say is, I, that's actually a figure of speech that I just made up, but it's actually messed up. But the point I'm trying to make is that 
I'm very authentic in my work. That means that if I see something wrong, I'll correct it. And even if you see something that I do wrong and you correct me, I'm unlikely to battle with you, but actually just try to fix it, even if it's not immediately. But that's actually what I'm trying to get to. So what you then need to realize is that the moment you say it's okay for the girl child to sleep with an older man for money, you then create a toxic society, a society where you don't encourage emancipation of victimized women because now they still depend on men. So that's why the gender-based or, 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 or the gender-based violence will never stop. That's why abuse will never stop. That's why women are always victimized and they're always at risk because we don't encourage them to emancipate themselves. Yes, I'm not taking away from the women that are working hard to make sure that they do exactly what they need to do to survive. But there's so many ladies out there that may look like they're working hard but are actually just extorting money from rich guys. What can we then tell this girl child for her to get out of such a lifestyle? It's easy to say, stop doing what you're doing, but it's very difficult to get out of where your survival is. And that is what people don't really talk about. You cannot take away someone from what gives them bread. It's hard for that person to move out of that because not only could it be uh, pleasurable for them, it also gives them a source of income. So what I am then saying to government is that this should be an eye-opener that we are not creating enough platforms for women to sufficiently economically emancipate themselves to become less dependent on men. We're not creating enough employment platforms for these women to not feel the need to go to these measures. We're not creating enough subsidies or support to small, medium enterprises, to individuals to emancipate themselves and to start businesses where they can excel so that they don't feel the need to go to these practices. That is now where it's supposed to be an eye-opener for the state to come in and step in and fix these inequalities that exist within our society. It's particularly harmful to have a society where people are ignorant to the realities that exist. There are mothers who know that their daughters are engaging in sexual activities with all the men in order to support their families. But because they are bringing money on the table, they then choose to be silent. Whether or not this is not happening in your house, these are realities that happen within the context of Namibia. It's unbelievable, yet so true. What do you then do as an individual? Now, the responsibility I then give you right now is that look to your right, look to your left, look behind you and look ahead of you and notice somebody who is doing something that you know you are not raised up to do, something immoral, somebody that is doing something that is demeaning their own character, somebody that is doing something that out of desperation, but they could do something else that is not so demeaning and that devalues their quality as a woman. If you notice any person like that, tap them on the shoulder and say, my sister, there is another way. There is always another way. So what is that other way? If you are a Christian, take this person to church. Not, Don't brainwash them into something they don't understand. Just pray for them. Just pray for them that it's going to be okay. And life will eventually sort itself out and you are definitely going to get a big break the big break that you deserve. The first thing is to seek God. Go to the face of God and pray. Pray out of honesty and mean it and ask for a better place.
ask for a better life, ask for a better career path. The moment you do that, you have already given your fears to God. He'll take care of it. He'll do the rest. The moment you give your fears to God, even if there is nothing more you can do about it, you will remove that burden from you because you have placed your fears into the hands of the Lord. That's number one. The number two thing that you do is tap your friend on your shoulder, your neighbor, your cousin, your sister and say, let's try something else. Let's throw up a business plan. Let's approach the Development Bank of Namibia. Let them have us reject us over again and again. Let me ask my uncle to help us buy a straightener and a white one so we can start up a hair salon. Let's buy washing machines so we can do a laundry business. Whatever it is you need to do, it's going to be difficult. But the fact that you at least attempted to start a single step then shows that you care about your community. Number three, assess. Assess the progress. Call this person on a regular basis and say, are you doing better? Are you still engaging in in sexual activities for money? Can you stop doing that? Can you come with me to a wedding where I have a photo shoot so that I can give you the 1,500 instead and use it to buy a straightener or whatever it is that you said you're working on or a sketchbook, whatever it is that you're good at. Help your friend. I do not understand. I do not know what they may be in for. But my point is, it's your responsibility to look right and look left and fix the society around you. The moment we turn a blind eye, that's how we end up with a toxic society because nobody's taking initiative to actually take corrective measures. I could go on, but I like keeping them under 15 minutes. So up until next episode, if you have a brother or a sister who engages in sexual activities to extort money out of it, correct them. Correct them and correct them now. Try and help them. Try and pray for them. Try and find alternatives for them. But the only person that can do that is you because you claim to be their friend. And friends are supposed to be there for each other in good times and in bad. My name is Max Levels. This is episode 2, season 2. Up until next one, stay safe.